1: Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, football fans. It's AFC Championship game crossover time. I'm Jake Lisko, along with James Rapine. We're the host of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We're with Chris Clark, host of the Locked On Chiefs podcast, and together we're going to preview the Bengals at Chiefs AFC Championship game. Chris, how's it going, man?
2: It's going well. I really can tell you that uh, as of late Sunday night, I was not sure that we would be going, having this conversation. Uh, but that game turned out all right. So I guess, you know, here we are and hosting the fourth straight AFC Championship game.
0: Yeah, what what went through your mind 13 seconds ago? I'm sure all of our listeners were watching. Yeah. Uh, 13 seconds to go. Gabriel Davis scores. And I'm like... I instantly thought of Bill's fans and friends that I know, and I'm like, man, they're gonna go. all right, so we're going to Buffalo next week because that's what I'm on edge. where we'll my book in my hotel, all of that stuff right And uh thirteen seconds too much time for Patrick Mahomes. What were you thinking after that touchdown?
2: To be honest, and I haven't really talked about this on the podcast. I was thinking it was over. Um, I have faith in Mahomes. I have faith in Chief's offense. I will admit I think I forgot they had three timeouts. I thought they had a couple, but I forgot they had three. Uh, but really it's, you know, 13 seconds. My my first thought was, okay, well, they're going to squib the ball. They'll have, you know, eight or nine seconds left. Maybe they can get a play and throw a Hail Mary and have a chance. But, you know, I didn't think that they were going to do anything other than squib it. And then when they didn't, I was like, okay, well, maybe they'll have a chance. Uh, but then also Butker had missed two you know, a field goal on an extra point during the game. So you're sitting there going, you know, this is even more clutch than – anything else so you hope that he's going to hit it and it worked out
1: did did you hear that buffalo actually called a squib kick and it just didn't get to the kicker they they had their special teams huddle before the kickoff and the kicker didn't hear it. the the entire special teams unit heard it and didn't tell the kicker
2: i did not hear that that's fascinating because everything i've seen afterwards it talks about uh they didn't call a squib kick at least i thought that's what the coach had said but that's that's fascinating. I mean, you know, if they would have squibbed it, I don't know what you do, because if the ball gets down to the 15 yard line, do you just take a knee? I mean, the problem is, is you can't just take a knee straight. You have to take a knee. You have to get up and then take a knee. So, you know, it's going to burn sometime.
1: Yeah. And it was enough time for Patrick Mahomes and both <laughs> games really went down to the wire. Obviously, the Bengals getting a, an interception as Tennessee was trying to bleed the clock and say, you're, well, you're not going to get the ball back just like the Bengals did to the chiefs back in week 17, they get the pick with 20 seconds left in the game. And Evan McPherson hits the second 50 plus yard field goal to send the Bengals to the AFC championship game. And if, if this game matches the quality and the intensity of both of these teams in the divisional round, I think we'll, we'll all be relatively happy. I mean, obviously we have, we have our rooting interests, but, uh, Let's let's hope for that level of excitement, right? Because last time these teams played, it was that level of game where the Bengals, and I, I know you have feelings about the the officiating in this game, Chris. The Bengals were able to run out the clock and Patrick Mahomes doesn't get the ball back. And and now in retrospect, you look at that and it's like, oh, well, okay, Zach Taylor, nice foresight, because you see the 13 seconds is too much time.
2: Well, and I think that you look at that entire game and it was just crazy. And I think that this is going to be a very fun game to watch. I'm really excited about it. And I'm really excited to see, you know, Joe Burrow, I thought was a good quarterback, His, you know, when he was coming out. And then to watch him be able to do what he did this year and to watch him step up after having a horrible injury last year, uh, I think that's phenomenal. It's going to be a lot of fun because I think that this is a team that Kansas City could see in the playoffs multiple times over the next 10 years.
0: Yeah, and the, the good thing, I think, on both sides overall is is both sides relatively healthy. The Bengals have a couple of guys nursing, you know, injuries. Josh Choupo was a limited uh, cam sample out on Wednesday, so we'll see. But overall, most of their starters uh, set to go outside of, you know, Riley Reef on injured reserve. And then for the Chiefs, I was looking at their injury report. It's just Honey Badger. It's just Tyron Matthew with the concussion And it feels like he's going to play. I mean, it's still Wednesday as we record this. I I think he'll suit up. And if he does, I mean, are there any injuries, Chris, that we're overlooking here for the Chiefs?
2: No, and I think you, you you look at Honey Badger, and it's really hard. And I hate saying this about when you start talking about head injuries, that it's easy for guys to come back quickly. But when you look at the way that injury happened, I remember watching it on the field, and I thought, okay, well, he could be concussed. But it didn't look like something that would cause a severe concussion I'm not a brain doctor I can't tell you whether you know what kind of symptoms he was going to have, but he didn't he didn't get up woozy. he walked off the field he took himself out so that I think that also plays into it as well um, but everybody's different when it comes to concussions so it's possible he's back out there It's also possible he's not just going to depend on how it ends up going the rest of this week. I will say this though there is a low key injury that people may overlook and it's Rashad Fenton if you look at the Chiefs defense and you look at how they played and their different uh, players their different starting players when Fenton is able to start and he's able to play that corner position along with LeJarius Dean Shavarius Ward this is a completely different pass defense I'm not going to say that they're great but they're still a different pass defense Mike Hughes has let them down at times this season
1: I let myself get convinced last time the Bengals played the Chiefs Chris that the secondary, the corners were pretty good. And the Tyron Matthew and, and Juan Thornhill were pretty good. I think they're pretty good, but didn't really go that way in that game. There's some other pretty significant no, differences that we're going to have to talk about here. And, you know, there there's some players that are going to be playing for the Chiefs that the Bengals didn't see the first time in around, the first time around. And the same for the Chiefs and the Bengals that the Chiefs didn't see the first time around. But let's dive into some of those questions and some of the differences in this game coming up next.
0: But first I have to tell you about get upside the incredible app. That's going to save you money at the gas pump. Every time you fill up and it's free to download in the app store or Google play, just got to download get upside. And right now with promo code touchdown, you're going to get up to 25 cents off per gallon. Every time you fill up and you can take that cash back, that money that you're uh, saving at the pump every time and apply it to your bank account. Ultimately transfer it to your bank account, PayPal account. If you want to turn that into an Amazon gift card, who knows? Maybe you want to buy us something special. You can do so with the GetUpside app right now. So download it for free. Make sure you use promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you're going to get $0.25 per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Again, that's code TOUCHDOWN with the GetUpside app.
1: Chris, let's start with the differences. Let's start really basic, right? There are going to be differences in personnel in this game. We've talked about it a little bit on the Lockdown Bengals podcast this week. The running backs are going to look a little bit different. The offensive line for the Chiefs is going to look a little bit different. But looking back at Week 17, looking ahead to the AFC Championship game, what are the big differences in terms of who's going to be playing, who's going to be available for the Chiefs this week versus the last time these teams played?
2: biggest difference is Orlando Brown. Uh, he went out, uh, he went out to warm up and ended up having cramps or something with his, with his calves and wasn't able to play in that game. And then you have Lucas Niang flip over from right tackle and plays left tackle. And he gets hurt within, you know, five or six plays of starting at left tackle. And then you move Joe Tooney out to left tackle. And to be fair for a left guard to move to left tackle, that's a huge move. I thought he did a very good job against the Bengals. Um, And he was very solid. But I think that if you watch uh, the Chiefs play with Brown and Tooney and Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, I think they're a much better offensive line than what they had that day. Uh, So I think that's the big thing. The other thing is, is Jarek McKinnon has kind of stepped into a new role on offense. And I think that has been able to elevate different things uh, on this offense because of his speed and his uh, athleticism and his quickness. Uh, as a running back and in, in catching the ball out of the backfield. So I think that's two of the biggest differences. Um, and I'm really hoping that when we're talking about looking at how this game can be different, I'm really hoping that you will see Kansas City maybe blitz, burrow a little bit less, and uh, maybe double-team Jamar Chase.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's part. I, and I know that's something we've talked about a lot. And There's the focus there. Is will they double team chase? Will they not? So let's just go to it. Do you think they're going to double team chase? because uh, based on what we saw last week, it didn't seem like uh, you know our film guy, he went back and looked at at the uh, how they guarded Diggs, and it wasn't like they were double teaming him a ton at least based on what he saw. So do you expect that to be different this week with Chase?
2: It depends. I mean, the problem with Chase is is that you were sitting here in a situation where you have, a guy that just absolutely killed you the last game. So he's a different player than Diggs. Don't get me wrong, Diggs is a fantastic wide receiver. Jamar Chase is another fantastic wide receiver. So it's different players. Uh, The question is, is are are you going to have Shavarius Ward travel, which is a guy who's shut down some wide receivers lately and the Chiefs have kind of been having him travel? Um, Maybe you double Chase in certain times. Maybe you don't. Uh, maybe roll coverage at different times where it's practically a double, but you still have a safety help elsewhere. I, it's going to be up in the air. I think Kansas City is going to try to do a couple of different things and try to give them different looks and see how it works out this time around.
1: How how do those different looks kind of play out in your mind? Because to, to us thinking about this game, thinking about Steve Spagnuolo, the way he calls defense, he's going to blitz. And, you know, I think it was Mitchell Schwartz was like, or Jeff Schwartz, one of the Schwartzes was like, I hope the Chiefs don't blitz. If they, if they send pressure, we're upset. And I'm like, that just doesn't seem like something Spags can do. The other thing is, if Traverius Ward does travel with Chase, how does that matchup play out to you from a from a skill set perspective? Does he have the athleticism? To run with Jace, is he going to try to out-physical him because we know that the Chiefs got called for being a little bit grabby in that game, or what do you think that that approach would be?
2: It's tough to say what their approach is going to be, and I hate saying it that way, but looking at the way they've been doing things since that game, it's a little different than what they've been doing uh, the rest of the season. When you watch the Pittsburgh game, Ward started traveling with receivers. They really hadn't done that until really the playoffs. Uh, so it's just – it's a little different. I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do. I would think that they would double chase. I would think uh, that maybe you're going to put Ward on him and, and do what you can that way. I do think that Ward is a very good corner, but it's, it's Jamar Chase. So big question is to if he can hold up there.
0: Yeah, you know, that that's uh, a, a big part of the game for sure. I, let's ask this just because, just in case he, he doesn't play, how much how different is this defense – with honey badger, honey badger with uh, versus without him.
2: I think the biggest thing with Tyron is if he is available, it's he is on the field. He's an on, on-field general. He gets them in the right positions and he gets them lined up correctly. And I think that's huge. If you look at some of the things that happened against the Bills, you look at Gabriel Davis absolutely killed Kansas City, and part of that I think was alignment. Uh, part of it was you know guys falling down. How many times I, there was at least two touchdowns that Gabriel Davis had where the Chiefs defenders were on the ground. One Davis made on his own. The other one, the defenders ran into each other. So you know it's really hard to play defense if you have your defense on the ground. Uh, I hate stating the obvious, but that's reality. Uh, the other one, it looked like uh, Sneed. One of the other ones, Sneed looked like he you know was moving over to guard him because Daniel Sorensen went outside to I think take a running back at the time. And uh, Snead maybe maybe didn't get it far enough over. Uh, And the other question is, is the backside safety was Armani Watts. If it's Honey Badger, how does he play that differently? You know, he's more instinctual. How is that going to change things? Uh, You know, when you go from Armani Watts, who hasn't played a ton of defensive snaps throughout the entire season, to a guy like Honey Badger, who's played thousands of defensive snaps in the NFL, uh, I think that's going to be a huge change and his instincts are really what makes him one of the best players in the NFL.
1: And Matthew's had a chance to to see this Bengals offense. Of course, I, I would assume that the chiefs would hope for a little bit of a better performance from Matthew. The second time around, he did give up according to PFFs charting, which grain of salt as applicable, give a gave up four catches on five targets for 87 yards and two touchdowns according to that PFF charting. So especially with safety, sometimes nebulous. So again, Take it as you see fit. Last question for me on the defensive side of the ball, Chris, has to do with uh, Chris Jones. We all watch what Jeffrey Simmons and the Tennessee defensive line did to the Bengals' offensive line. The the biggest threats for the pass rush for the Bengals, they they have to be aware of Chris Jones. Obviously, the game-wrecker three-tech, a really versatile piece on the defensive line more than anything, and Melvin Ingram, who can also move around a little bit. Tennessee got the Bengals with a lot of simulated pressure, they got him with one creeper. They got him with a lot of complicated stunts and twists. When, when you look at how you expect this game to go, Chris Jones has had a bit of a rough go of it lately. Hasn't been as productive as the glory days of Chris Jones or even his, his regular game in the regular season this year. Is there something going on with Jones or, or is it just matchup specific or, or what do you think is going to play out there?
2: I think it's matchup specific, but I also think if you look at Jones in a lot of ways, he's being double and triple teamed at times, and uh, different players have to make different situations happen. If he's going to be double and triple teamed, you absolutely have to be able to get after the quarterback with the other guys. So I think that's a huge play uh, part of it. Uh, I think he's still getting after the quarterback a pretty decent amount, um, but one-on-one, he's not getting one-on-one matchups, so they're making other people beat him.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Do you think – uh, this defensive line, given what they did last week, or what, excuse me, what the Titans did last week with all the stuff that Jake just mentioned, do you think they're going to adopt that at all and, and, and do some of that or try that early? Because it clearly worked against this Bengals offensive line. And I know they don't usually do a lot of it, but do you think we'll see a bunch of twists and stunts and different moves from this defensive line?
2: I would think so because you basically, you go back and you look at game tape and you see what works and what doesn't against certain players and you try to take advantage of that as, as the best you can. Now, don't get me wrong, it's a completely different situation because you have different players in Kansas City than you had in Tennessee. Uh, I think Chris Jones is just as good as Simmons is personally, if not better. He's one of the top two or three DTs in the league, in my opinion. Simmons is up there as well. Uh, but I think that Melvin Ingram has played his part during Jeron Reed has played his part and Frank Clark has played his part to an extent as well. Uh he hasn't really gotten to the quarterback near as much as you would like, but he is definitely helping shut down the run, which can be big. Uh especially, you know, if if Mixon gets going, this completely changes the game in my mind.
1: Let's uh shift gears a little bit. Talk about the Kansas City offense for for at least a couple minutes here. They they are the stars of the show, of course. They they nearly scored 35 35- First half points against the Bengals, if not for a Von Bell clutch pass breakup, or depending on your perspective, Tyreek Hill drop on that 70 yard or so Chuck for from from uh, Patrick Mahomes rolling right toward the end of that first half against the Bengals the first time around. Patrick Mahomes against the Bills, great when he was pressured. Great extending the play, evading the sack, finding the open guy. Has been great at this throughout his career. Was great at, great at it in week 17 against the Bengals is there something that can be done differently in your opinion Chris when when you talk about the the approach from the pass rush that that affects Patrick Mahomes differently under pressure you look at the Steelers game maybe not as good under pressure and even against the Bengals put the ball in danger a couple times seems to have cleaned that up in the postseason but he's playing at a pretty high level right now huh
2: Yeah, he really is. And I think you look at it, and part of it is that he has another level that he seems to go to in the playoffs. And we've talked about this a lot on the Locked on Chiefs podcast. He has another level, and our friend Therese Paylor coined this back in the day when he was covering the team, uh, it's over my dead body. And that seems to be the level that Patrick Mahomes goes to. I'm not saying that he can't be beat. I'm not saying that he isn't going to make a mistake. But it just seems like he is hitting his spots where he's supposed to. Just about every time in the playoffs, he is absolutely locked in in the game, and he knows where to go, and he's making plays, whether it be with his arm or his feet.
0: How different, and you mentioned Jarek McKinnon earlier, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire didn't play in Week 17 either. How different are they offensively with that 1-2 combo, with number 25, number 1 in that backfield, given their versatility, their ability to make defenders miss out of the backfield, catch the ball, et cetera?
2: Well, and don't forget about Darrell Williams, either, who did play, sure. but he's uh, now coming back from injury. He had a full practice as well, so I think you're looking at a 1-2-3 punch. I'm really curious to see how they end up playing that. Daryl Williams gives you a guy with a little bit more power and a little bit more uh, in that regard, so he could become their third down back in this scenario, but they seem to be playing the hot hand, which was Jarek McKinnon. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, if you looked at the Buffalo game, at least early on, he came in and he ran really pissed off, to be quite honest. He looked very angry, and he was hitting the holes. He was not being hesitant at all. And then you look in the third and fourth quarter when the game tightened up, and it looked like he got a little tighter. He started you know, running with two hands on the ball, which I can't really complain about too much, but it takes away your ability as a running back when you start getting tighter and you start – knowing that you're going to be hitting the hole and trying to guard it with two two arms you're not you're not using your full vision you're getting more of a tunnel vision and I think that really happened to him late in the game uh, but he didn't want to turn the ball over so I kind of get it in that respect as well if he can get past that I think that's a huge boon for this uh, Chiefs offense because then you have a guy in McKinnon that can get outside and, and do very well and, and Clyde Edwards helaire has done pretty decent during uh, inside the tackles at times
1: if the Chiefs decide to dedicate themselves to running the ball, that would be a very interesting development with Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback. I know they ran it well against the Bengals. The Bengals, in my opinion, in week 17, just kind of said, yeah, you can run it. Have fun. We'll let you do it because we're more worried about getting beat over the top. And they did get beat over the top in that game three times for three deep passes from Patrick Mahomes. Coming up next, we'll let Chris... Ask James and myself a little bit about what to expect from the Bengals' side of the ball to wrap up this week's c- crossover.
0: You may think the Chiefs are going to win on Sunday and maybe win the Super Bowl. You might think the same thing for the Bengals. Well, I'll tell you where you need to wager if you want to bet on either team during this playoff run for both teams. It's Online because at BetOnline.ag, it's a one-stop shop for all of your betting needs. Whether, again, you want to bet on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, Maybe Joe Burrow and the Bengals, or maybe you want to go over to the NFC side and you think that the Rams are going to beat the 49ers for the first time this season. It's a one stop shop, like I mentioned. Plus, they have all your NBA needs as well. And right now, you're going to get free money to do so because when you sign up at betonline.ag and you use promo code locked on, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's free money that you can apply, you can save, you can use on Super Bowl prop bets. So, you want to take advantage of it right now. Betonline.ag. Promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus before Sunday, where it's, you know, the the conference championship Sunday, as we call it. So make sure you do it right now. Promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. Betonline, where the game starts.
1: Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
2: All right, guys, this is going to be a fun game. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I think it's uh, going into last weekend. I really felt like Cincinnati had a big uh, opportunity to beat Tennessee. I I thought that this was going to be the matchup uh, Chiefs Bengals. But when you look back at how that game played out, obviously the key uh, thing that everybody wants to know about is how do you keep Joe Burrow upright?
1: Yeah, and, and there were a number of issues that that went on in that game. Communication, certainly one of them. If you go find some Bengals beat writers on Twitter today, they'll you'll you'll find some videos of the Bengals blaring crowd noise over the speakers at Paul Brown Stadium at their practice today because they had issues getting the play in. They had issues communicating at the line of scrimmage, and part of that is because they were breaking the huddle late at times. I think that was one of the big contributors to their protection issues on, on Saturday against the Titans is they, they had guys sliding the wrong way or they couldn't get the right protection set for some of the simulated pressures. So I think that's another big factor is the Bengals, PFF just published this on, uh, I think Wednesday, they, they have a study of how the Bengals give up their pressures. Very league average in a lot of ways, except for in the simulated pressure category. When the Bengals get simulated pressure, they're near the bottom of the league in many other categories for blitzes, for straight four-man rushes, for stunts, very close to league average in those categories in terms of allowing pressure at a a rate. So the Titans do a lot of simulated pressure stuff. I think that was a problem. I think that Joe Burrow was trying to make some plays. He talked about being disappointed with two in particular that took them out of field goal range or made the field goal much harder than it otherwise would have been, and he was critical of himself for that because – he's he's on this mentality, and you saw this when the Bengals played the Chiefs, that he can make a guy miss and extend the play. Against the Titans, the way the pressure was happening, it was coming up the middle. A lot of times it was coming unblocked. It was coming really quickly. He's trying to extend the play, and he couldn't do it. So there's really three pieces here. One is dealing with the noise and, and getting the right protection set, getting the communication along the offensive line working properly, and, and getting guys to get a little bit more familiarity with each other. But at this point the year, it kind of is what it is. Uh, Another thing is they're down starters on the right side of the offensive line. Right guard this year for the Bengals just hasn't gone well. They've tried a bunch of guys there. It seems like they're going to stick with Hakeem Adenogy, who's the same guy that played against the Chiefs and had a lot of problems with Jeffrey Simmons. At right tackle, they lost Riley Reef. And so those two guys, a little bit less experienced, have some more issues between the two of them. And the third thing is Joe Burrow and finding that balance of holding the ball to make plays his ability to just make a guy miss so he can make the play, which he wasn't as good at against the Titans as he had been in the previous five or six weeks in terms of actually evading the guy and and giving himself time to find the throw and, and just making better decisions in that regard. So I think it's, it's fairly multifaceted. Some of it is certainly the offensive line and the talent there, but I think some of it's also the scheme and the way that Spagnuolo chooses to attack it. So that's going to be really interesting to see.
2: Well, and I'm glad you bring up the way Spagnolo continues to attack because you we talked about this earlier. You're absolutely right. He likes to blitz. Uh, but if you watch what Joe Burrow did against the blitz last time in, against Kansas City, it did not go well for the Chiefs. I can't imagine they go that direction this time. When you look at this matchup, you have a bunch of weapons at wide receiver that's uh, a lot of teams would be envious of. You have a tight end who has come on this year, uh, and it's all you know working out with Joe Burrow. What have you seen from the offense in the playoffs uh, compared to the regular season? And has it taken another step forward, or do you think it's just kind of a continuation of what we've already seen?
0: A continuation, for the most part, uh, in a sense that Joe Burrow, you know, has, has played at such a high level, and I think that continued uh, against the Raiders. Not as much against the Titans, but he was still really good despite not really solving that Mike Vrabel. Riddle that was uh, that was thrown at him and all the pressure that he dealt with, um, but but that's the first thing is, is they haven't turned the ball over at all. They had the one turnover last week where Samaj P. ran the ball, hits him in his hands, and he should have caught it. And uh, Hooker made an amazing interception. Um, but outside of that, they've been good at taking care of the ball, and that's been a continuation of probably the final month of the season, which correlates with when Joe Burrow really took off. So uh, the the one difference, and it's really a negative uh, over the past couple of weeks in the postseason, they've struggled to actually get the ball into the end zone. Three for eight in the red zone, they've settled for a lot of field goals. And, you know, Evan McPherson is getting a lot of praise this week, right? He had a 54-yarder early against the Titans, the game-winning 52-yarder. But he's kicked eight field goals so far in two games. And that is not going to work uh for for the rest of the playoffs right whoever they play if they do get past the chiefs not going to work in the super bowl certainly not going to work on sunday at arrowhead so that's uh one big thing that they need to to solve and fix right now is making sure when they do get down there that they're getting seven and not three and uh, i think they can do it like i said the 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 titans and and like jake said the titans they they really confused burrow i think and and got after him and it it was a, a very unique set of circumstances and i don't expect him to be as confused on Sunday against a Chiefs defense that he saw less than four weeks ago.
2: So when we look at what you were just talking about and Evan McPherson kicking so many field goals, and, and by the way, he's a, he looks to be a fantastic kicker, so congrats on that. I think you guys found <laughs> found found some found a guy for the foreseeable future, which is important because kickers can make or break games at times. Um, sure. But when you look at that specific instance of an issue – kicking eight field goals in the playoffs. Do you think Zach Taylor is going to be looking at this game and saying we cannot kick a field goal against Patrick Mahomes? Do you think he's going to go for it more than not?
1: I think we saw his approach against the Chiefs the first time around and in the first half. It honestly actually left something to be desired. I think that they could have – well, they didn't put themselves in great positions. I think they need to start out a little bit better in this game. But I, I do think they know who their opponent is. And I think that was evident in the way they tried to finish that game. Zach Taylor was actually very criticized for not just kicking the field goal after that game, even though they won the game. People people reflected on Zach Taylor's decision to go for it on fourth down twice and all this stuff as as a, as, as really risky. And, you know, you take the points, you get the lead. And, and we've seen what Patrick Mahomes can do. Like, this is very fresh in everyone's minds. 13 seconds in timeouts is too much time for Patrick Mahomes. If there's no timeouts, maybe it's a different story. If you execute the kickoff, you you squib it or you pop it up to the five-yard line, maybe it's a different story, right? But those things didn't happen. So instead, everyone's thinking about, can't leave Patrick Mahomes any time in a one-score game. Any time is too much time for Patrick Mahomes in a one-score game. I think this coaching staff knows that. I think Joe Burrow knows that. And I believe that should impact their approach this weekend, but the the biggest thing is you know you're you're not likely holding the Chiefs in my opinion to 3 points in the second half again and a lot of that is to do with the fact that they played keep away a little bit but that to me is also why you know swing plays in this game could be huge the Bengals dropped two picks against Patrick Mahomes the first time around and and Joe Burrow did a good job of keeping the ball out of danger i think you miss those opportunities the second time around you you're banking on something that's not necessarily something i feel great about being repeatable in, in terms of playing keep away like that from the chiefs in the second half and holding patrick mahomes at three points but hey if it happens again i'm not complaining
2: and that's the big key is if it happens again i i agree with you i don't think it will happen again uh, just with the way the chiefs offense has been playing uh you know one of the things that's actually different for kansas city this year than it has been in the past is they played on the first weekend i think that actually helped them get their offense going especially against a team in the steelers who you know obviously isn't quite on the same par as the rest of the of the teams that were in the playoffs when you look at this game though you know you have the chiefs that have scored 42 points in the past two games each time and how is that uh how do you feel about that going as a defensive unit going up against a team that's scored 42 points against the number one team supposedly in the nfl in defense
0: yeah uh it's it's tough, right? And, and that's the thing is I think the Bengals defense could have a good game and look up and they've given up 38 or 41 or 35 uh, you know or or 34, let's say, where they hold hold the chiefs to a couple field goals when they get down there. but it's it's tough and that's that's the part of it where it goes back to me to the offense. Of course, I could say all the cliche stuff, pressure Mahomes and actually take him down versus let him go off script and make big plays, force turnovers. All of those things they're, they're going to talk about. Uh, at the same time, I think offensively, you have to know that going in, that the magic number isn't 30 like it is against most most NFL teams in this day and age. They have to plan on trying to get to 40. And uh, that, that doesn't mean that they're going to have that in their head throughout the game or that Zach Taylor is going to be thinking that or looking up, thinking it at the scoreboard. But if you go out there and you score 24 or 27 or even 31, that that's probably not enough given, like you said, how Patrick Mahomes is playing right now in the postseason. So, you know, defensively, yeah, hang on for dear life. If you do get close to Mahomes, you don't want to take, you know, go for his head fakes and different things that he does to get away from pressure. At the same time, it just feels like, and they wouldn't say this, right? They think they're going to probably have a good game plan and be able to slow him down at least some, especially because they were able to in that second half in week 17. But it seems inevitable that that dude's just going to find a way to get 35. And so if that's the case, you're gonna to have to wait, to find a way to get 40.
1: I'll say this real quick to add on, James. Don't blitz. Just like you're saying, don't blitz Burrow. I'm imploring Lou Anarimo not to blitz Patrick Mahomes. He did it six times the first time these teams played, and he got torched. Please blitz on, that's, on those I'm blitz just gonna teams. say yeah. that. Both both offenses in this game want the defenses to be like, Oh yeah, we can get you. We're we're gonna we're gonna get you. And and hey, yep. you know what? Credit Lou Andruh for the one blitz that did work in yep. the red zone. The zero look that Patrick Mahomes is like, yo, oh, you're not actually going to zero me, and and the Bengals, to their credit, got off the field there.
0: And, and so that would be the concern, right? Is Lou's like, well, it worked this one time in the the most crucial moment of the game. The Chiefs didn't get the ball back, so you wonder if he's going to do that again or what he does. So yeah, I agree that that's going to be an interesting thing.
2: Now, when you flip it over to the other side of the ball and you look at this this Chiefs defense against this Bengals offense, obviously the Bengals scored a lot of points. Jamar Chase had his way against this Chiefs team. What are you expecting the second time around? You know, if Chase goes for 150 yards and two touchdowns, I'm not going to be incredibly upset. But it seemed like he was pretty much the entire game plan. Now, he was plenty the last time around, don't get me wrong, but I would think you would need other weapons to step up. What are you expecting from your other wide receivers this time around?
1: You would think. I, I don't know how much that's actually the case. When the Bengals have needed a play this year, and middle of season lull aside for, for those that want to go cherry pick which games you want to talk about, when the Bengals have needed a play this year, they've gotten it from Jamar Chase. And and since that lull in the middle of the season, he's been the guy to break tackles. You, know, you can't really tackle him in the open field right now. And I'm sure it's going to happen. I'm going to look bad in retrospect. But the first guy isn't tackling him when they get him the ball in space in the open field, and he's still beating teams over the top. So I, I do still think that Jamar Chase is a big part of the offense. I think that there's also been a bit of an effort to get Joe Mixon a little bit more involved in the passing game in specific. They, they know that they're not going to give him 2025 20, rushing attempts in a game unless things really get out of hand here in the playoffs. And so he's getting some carries, but I think at this point that the team is really riding with Joe Burrow and so say the, the Chiefs change their approach and they start to cloud Chase, roll the safety that way. And the Bengals, I think, will be more than happy to let T. Higgins be the secondary target here, especially Traverius Ward if he is this guy that can can shadow Jamar Chase and, and have some success doing so. And I'm not convinced that he is, but assuming that's the case, I, I think that T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd also very capable receivers and Joe Burrow really good at figuring out where to attack. He's good at identifying the weakness in defenses and, and picking at it, especially if he's seen it before. And so that's something that I think is somewhat exciting for Bengals fans in this game is that Joe Burrow, the second time around against the defense, and he saw this one very recently, has been better because, and we even saw it within that game, he learns very quickly from one look to see it again and take advantage of it. And
2: I am not trying to say by any means that Tiberius Ward is going to shut down uh jamar chase i don't think that's going to happen but i do think that that's maybe a matchup kansas city is going to want to try to keep uh ward on chase as much as they can and try to use their other corners to attack the other wide receivers the one thing and i'm glad you bring up uh mixing at the at the end of this p Ryan had a huge drop and it cost the Bengals against the titans it obviously didn't cost them the game but it cost them against the titans How are you expecting the running backs and the tight ends to be used in this game? Because that is a spot that Kansas City has struggled against this year.
0: Yeah, I I think uh, we'll we'll start with tight end. C.J. Uzama has been huge Uh, this season, and specifically in the playoffs, has 13 receptions on 14 targets, had uh, the touchdown against the Raiders, and uh, had a bunch of crucial third down catches. And I say a bunch, it felt like a bunch because there weren't many um, sustained drives in the second half of that Titans game. So uh, he, he had some big catches down the stretch. And so, yeah, I think that uh, Joe Burrow won't hesitate to go to 87 and he'll be used in the passing game a decent amount. As far as Samaj P Ryan, you're right. And I wonder this, and Jake knows this, and Locked On Bengals fans know this. Chris Evans, to me, is the better option there and who should have been in there, it, to spell Joe Mixon some. And I do wonder if the rookie from Michigan is going to get more run maybe this week. You'll see him on kickoff returns for sure, but uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him in there because he's dangerous with the ball in his hands when Mixon isn't in. And Samadji P. Ryan's the savvy veteran, and he's fine, and he's going to do okay. But they've had a lot of dump-offs to him this year uh, on, on like third and long, for example, where it felt like, ah, maybe if Evans gets that, he makes one extra guy miss. And – Maybe I'm just too high on the sixth-round rookie, but that's what I would do. Um, that being said, I think you're going to see a lot of mixing in, in these big games. They'll ride him a lot, and then you'll see uh J.P. ride behind him some. Um, but to Jake's point, they haven't ran the ball well in a while. <laughs> it's been a couple months now. So I, I think if any of these running backs are going to have a big day or have a big impact, it's going to be through the air versus on the ground.
2: And I'm glad you bring up the rookie because I do think that you're probably right in that regard. I think that he is, uh, he has a little bit more speed and it seems like he has a little bit more agility and quickness, uh, yeah. especially from what I've seen on kick returns. I haven't been able to watch. Enough of him running the ball, but it really seems like he would be an asset uh, coming out of the backfield trying to catch the ball. So I do we haven't
0: either for, for, for we haven't been able for, to see him. Yeah, either.
2: <laughs> I know, right? It doesn't make sense. Like it, he, you yeah. see what he does on kick returns, and you would think you'd want to get him the ball in space because if you look at what Kansas City's done well at times, uh, especially with a guy like McCole Hardman, and I'm not saying they're the same player, but it's similar in in some ways. Uh, you know, you get the ball in space and you see what they can do, and I think that that's. Uh, going to be something that's uh, the Bengals probably want to do this week because uh, that is a spot where Kansas City has struggled at times
1: and and I think they know what kind of athlete they have in Chris Evans, just having talked to some of the coaches about him and and you go look at how he tested. He tested like Jamar Chase in a lot of categories, especially in in terms of explosiveness and both of those guys, really, really high end athletes. and you know it could just be rookie running back things, right? They they like the veterans and pass protection a little bit better, and so you know. But you can't we'll, have we'll the mistakes.
2: See. You can't have the mistakes that P Ryan did. You can't exactly. have the ball come off your hands, and that's yeah. really the thing that can ruin. And yeah. I'm not saying he's going to do it again, but that's the thing that can ruin your playoffs.
1: Absolutely, no yeah. doubt. They're, they're get lucky it, you get it in didn't...
2: this situation. Yeah, you get in this situation, and games change, and every single possession, every single throw, every single run. Uh, if you don't hold on to the ball, it's gonna. It has a potential to send you home.
1: It's really magnified in the playoffs, which is why for me, I, I think back on those two dropped interceptions for the Bengals against the Chiefs. You, you can't really miss those opportunities if they even come up, right? The Bengals had those opportunities against the Titans and they capitalized on them. And so, you know, turnovers in the playoffs, you, you can talk about those until until the end of the, I don't know, forever. Such, they're so magnified in these win or go home situations and you know, it's James, you said it's kind of like a platitude and I agree it's kind of like a cliche, but I think the the turnover battle is going to be potentially so important in this game because if you steal a possession here or there with the way these offenses can play, I'm not saying they necessarily well, uh, that, that can very quickly put a game potentially out of reach. Uh, although, you know, 13 seconds. Hard to say that about Patrick Mahomes. Let's wrap <laughs> up there, guys. Really excited for this game. Going to be a great AFC Championship game. Chris, appreciate the insight into the Chiefs and Jake, myself, and James on the Locked On Bengals podcast. Make sure you check those out. We'll have you covered going into and after the AFC Championship game here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Until next time, enjoy the football and thanks for listening.